0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Radio Imbibe from Imbibe Magazine. I'm Paul Clark, the executive editor of Imbibe. It's early August of 2021, and right about one year ago, we brought you the very first episode of this podcast. What started as a quarantine project in those weird early months of the pandemic has continued through the dark winter and into a spring and summer that's looked a lot more promising, if not without its own set of challenges. And as this year has passed, we've kept coming back to you every other week with a fresh episode exploring some of the topics we bring you in each issue of the magazine, as some interesting byways along the way. Have you been with us since the beginning? Have you joined us more recently? Is this your very first episode? And are there things you've enjoyed or not or hope that we get around to? However long you've been listening to the podcast, we'd love to hear your thoughts and input. You can send those directly to me via email at paul at I'd appreciate any feedback or suggestions that you might have. But first, today we're drinking coffee, and not just any coffee. Today we're drinking Vietnamese coffee and Vietnamese coffee drinks with Yen Vy Pham from Hello M here in Seattle. If you've checked out our July-August issue, then you've seen the feature from Dan Dow in those pages, exploring how Vietnamese cafes and coffee drinks are appearing in cities across the country. Dan spoke with the team behind Hello M for that issue, and for this episode, I headed down to Little Saigon here in Seattle, and sat down with co-owner Yen Vy Pham as she walked me through what we're talking about when we talk about Vietnamese coffee, and tasted me through a number of drinks they make at Hello M. We chatted live in a busy cafe for this episode. You're going to hear the coffee grinder, and the music in the background, and the hum of voices on a summer afternoon. Don't think of those as distractions, but as the healthy sounds of a well-loved coffee shop doing their thing in their community. Culture here in Seattle. Uh, could you just tell us a little bit about that to put it into context and ha- how you got to here in the coffee shop?
1: Oh boy, <laughs> no, um, gosh, I kind of I just grew up in the restaurant business. Uh, my parents opened Far Back in uh, Little Saigon, Seattle, in 1982. And um, it was actually first a sandwich, sub so shop that my mom, thought Americans wanted, and then um, six months later, like everyone wanted pho uh, because she was making the weekends. And then from there, it just kind of my parents kind of blew up, you know. And I think I take it after them. <laughs> they're kinda like, they kind of like they always have to be doing something or you know keep on. They never stand still. And so um, yeah, I just I grew up in this neighborhood. I feel like, I know everyone here, I know all the business owners, I know all my homeless men. <laughs> you know, this is kind of like my hood. <laughs> and then, um, and so when I got older, uh, it's kind of like me and my two siblings um, went had side. But uh, we took over the business and uh, from there we kind of just, just transitioned it to be uh, more modern. Uh, But keeping kind of like the traditional roots of where we come from because we are Mm Vietnamese-American and um, really active in the neighborhood. And we're actually sitting in Friends like on creative space. And uh, with this, I've been involved for the last five years. Um, We need a physical space to do our programming, our art, our culture. And so um, when we were planning out this space, I'm like, we need to activate it because sometimes when we have creative space, it's always the same niche of people. Mm -hmm. everyone to be able to come and experience it. And so that's how Hello AM came into play, to have the coffee shop for profit in this nonprofit space.
0: Right, right. <laughs> and, and what was it about coffee specifically? I mean, obviously the, yeah. the space is very suited to it, but what was it about moving into coffee that made that kind of a logical next step for you?
1: You know, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> I love coffee. Well, we live in a great city for coffee. Um, I drink a lot. But I didn't know anything about it, honestly. <laughs> like, and then of course, we make it at the restaurant. Vietnamese classic, Vietnamese coffee. But I didn't really divulge until um, I decided to do this. So I, I kind of worked backwards. We had the space. I knew we had to activate it. And I'm like, I'll just do a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I was like, getting Vietnamese beans. I want, you know, I want to do everything kind of like supporting the, you know, the whole ecosystem of the Vietnamese coffee center mm-hmm. and then of course I tried like different Vietnamese roasters and like different beans and I'm just like I think I do this myself <laughs> and then I was like you know what because I'm so like particular right um it's actually coming from cooking background um I do do the whole food the menu program for all the restaurants and so I'm just really particular about my flavor profiles. Mm-hmm. And then I just wasn't really tasting anything that I really loved. And then um, I was like, you know, how hard it be just to roast and get my own beans. <laughs> yeah. And then um, that's where Connor from Dorothea Coffee, uh-huh. uh, he's my lifesaver, he is my consultant. And he's like, yeah, we could do it, yeah. And then he actually got me, introduced me to the little shop roaster you see in front. It's a uh, German shot and from there I'm like, I really need coffee beans. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's where my partner, Nia um, uh, he was interviewed, uh, came into play. He's my childhood friend, and we actually grew up together. And I'm like, I knew his family had connections in Vietnam. I'm like. Right. So I wheeled it in like the student. Mm-hmm. And then we flew there, picked out the beans, and then just did all the paperwork to ship it here.
0: <laughs> and, and, and when you were doing that, I mean, you know, obviously we're in Seattle, a coffee city. Uh, there's an availability of beans, but you saw some, you know, a reason to go to Vietnam and to find something very specific that would fit in with what you were doing. Where, where did you go, and what were you looking for, and, and how does that come through in the coffee that you serve here?
1: yeah um well when i first started looking i was very novice actually i'm still novice i didn't see a lot of Vietnamese green bean vendors out Mm -hmm. there like there are but it's like kind of word of mouth like in san jose there's a bunch or you know like um, roaster rosaries and then connor like the big um, uh, suppliers of green beans they don't carry Vietnamese beans they carry a lot of Brazilian robusta even then it's very niche because it's not something that in demand in the coffee world because it's always been seen as an instant coffee maker or, mm-hmm. or like a lower grade than Arabica, which is, it's not, and I think it's just very two different character profiles. <laughs> and so there just wasn't anything really available, you know, and I'm like, I think I just, that's what happened. I'm like, okay, like, I just, we need to get our own beans and usually it's, I was just lucky and fortunate to have like very good connections in Vietnam to do this and like, um, Actually, do you know sunfish sauce mm. sunfish sauce He's based off in um, o c and he does like he's like the red boat like also okay. kind of like skiing red boat fish sauce you right, know sun right. um, Sunfish sauce, and then it was actually him that like got me through all of the importing and exporting, Interesting. and then, so it's really been a collaborative effort and yeah. just like asking like, the people I know like, how do I do this?" <laughs> and then um, I think it was really important just to bring it here because. I think everyone loves Vietnamese coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they just, every restaurant has it because of Fien, mm-hmm. the theme, which is the filtration brew, is easily available, it's cheap, um, and it's kind of the nuance of just like as growing up, it was a Cafe so that mm-hmm. right? And then, like, I know in Vietnam, the coffee shops are insane. Like, they're so innovative, and like, people go there and just talk and hang out, and there's like 20 coffee shops within a one block radius. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we really love coffee, <laughs> you know, and like, we don't have that here. And then I loved it because for some reason, I think we all had the same mentality, like five just popped up, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, five very distinctive um, Vietnamese coffee shops that I, like, I love to support too. Mm-hmm. I think it was just about to happen with the second generation and seeing uh, how much um, pride we have in our coffee culture. That's why Starbucks doesn't do well in Vietnam, mm-hmm. you know, they struggle there.
0: Right. <laughs> Well, I actually, I mean, I was, I was wondering one other thing, and that is, you know, again, you know, we're Seattle and, you know, it's a big part of coffee culture in the United States. Mm-hmm. A lot of our coffee here, when you look at it, it's either is kind of derived from the European tradition of, like, you know, Italian espresso, mm-hmm. uh, or it's very kind of homegrown through Starbucks and things of that nature. Yeah. For people who aren't as familiar with Vietnamese coffee and Vietnamese coffee drinks, mm-hmm. what kinds of things should they know or be looking for when they start exploring?
1: Oh, that you'll be hella caffeinated. <laughs> <laughs> like, extremely caffeinated. Because Robusta beans is um, very dense and small and has twice the caffeine as any Arabica bean. Um, it's very uh, back of the tongue forward, mm-hmm. like kind of mouth coating, like MSG. Mm-hmm. I always compare the two. Um, it's full bodied and it's best uh, with condensed milk because it gives that creaminess. And um, it's just a completely different flavor profile than um, Arabica beans. Mm -hmm. So, and that's what Vietnamese coffee. That's how Vietnamese people like to drink their coffee. But Mm -hmm. of course, that's always evolving and changing. Like, um, like what I love, what I didn't know that I love so much about the coffee industry is how much one single bean can have so many different flavor profiles, right? Mm -hmm. And then like exploring with like different origins and blending them and see kind of like flavors that can come out because like Vietnamese Arabica is actually very peppery Mm -hmm. and it's earthy and like okay so the high berry of the Ethiopian to like the caramelization of like the and bean like how can this marry together beautifully Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then uh, it's just been so much fun and so um, like for those that aren't aware of Vietnamese coffee it's just they like it very strong, and then they like it that, that that sweet undertone and that mouth coatingness, mm-hmm. and they always want it cold. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of it. right. Right. Now,
0: you you have a number of coffee drinks on your menu here, and we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. But you know, you kind of go in a couple of different directions. You have mm-hmm. some things that are very traditional in terms of you know Vietnamese coffee drinks, but then other things that are very kind of innovative and creative that you guys do yourselves. Mm-hmm. Let's let's try a couple of the traditional ones that which sure. you, which you've made up for me here. What start me on with which one of these should we taste first on the traditional side
1: of course the classic cafe sada which is our take of Mm -hmm. the um, Vietnamese uh, filtered theme we actually pull espresso for it you pull espresso and it's really just condensed milk espresso shaken with ice and um, that 's all you really need, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to
0: be t- small
1: <laughs> small and intense <laughs> well it, it it
0: it's small and it is intense, it has a very big flavor to it, but it's also it's it 's nicely balanced, you know like you said the the coffee flavor is very strong it's very dark and very prominent, but the softness of the milk and the and the sweetness all work together this mm-hmm. this is really nice
1: yeah it's really big in baby 's culture to have balanced flavors. I don't know if you noticed in Vietnamese cuisine too, even with their coffee, like I have not even noticed. our only hobby in Vietnam is eating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, I'm serious. Everyone could connect on eating and how to eat it and like everything has to be balanced. Uh Like they don't like one flavor or pound the other. Everything has to be unison, bitter, sweet, salt, whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the same way with the Vietnamese coffee.
0: Yeah. And then also in the traditional vein, you're going in a very different direction with this next drink that you brought out. So tell us about this one.
1: Okay, the uh, cafe chung. Okay, that one is actually uh, really grew in popularity the last like I don't know the last five years it feels Mm -hmm. like, and um, is actually just starting to get popularity in the big cities here like the OC, San Jose, Mm -hmm. um, Seattle now. Um, A coffee was introduced from the north. Um, during the war, when there was most shortage, a bartender from this prominent hotel created this egg yolk and sugar creation to um, help offset the, the intensity of the robusta beans.
0: And I mean, even before sipping this, it is, it's, it's thick. It, ha- it looks thick. It looks, you know, it has a texture to it. And uh, you know, I'd stirred it up as you asked me to, and it's, you know on the palate it's it's really rich you know it's it's almost dessert like in terms of its Mm -hmm. texture and yes it's sweet so it has those kinds of tones Mm -hmm. but that's coffee you know that's 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 a a coffee drink um and that's you know it it, it's really rich and really robust and you know you're not you're not going to forget that one Mm -hmm.
1: yeah that one's really been um kind of what put us on the map um Mm -hmm. i think we were the first to um really carry cafe jung and focus on it and um, just sell it. Like usually people do pop-ups with it or, you know, but they don't really have it on their menu or focus on it. So Mm -hmm. we do have a focus on a coffee here. And it is a different take. I I think my version is a lot lighter Mm -hmm. and um, more drinkable. Like you said, the other ones actually, um, and in Vietnam, traditionally, it's very intense and very dense and very, very um, compact and creamy. It's even creamier, which is, I would they add a lot of butter. It's great. <laughs> yeah, so this is quite a, a lighter version.
0: <laughs> and then, but but also, you go in your own direction on some things here as well. So um, you brought out a couple of original drinks, or creative drinks that, that you guys do.
1: The little one is just my take on the... Cafe Nico from Vivace. <laughs> I grew up with Vivace.
0: So, yes. so, for people who don't know Espresso Vivace here in Seattle, it's an institution. We were talking about Seattle's a coffee city. One of the reasons that's the case is because of Espresso Vivace.
1: Yeah, I love um, I used to go to the one um, on Broadway all the time. That was my go to. And I love the Nico, which is this little four ounce, like heavy cream mm-hmm. orange espresso drink. And, I kind of wanted to make my own, mm-hmm. which I totally bit them off. Right? They were inspired me to do this version with kumquat, mm-hmm. which is very Asian. <laughs> um, and then we roast um, soybeans and make it into a salt with orange zest. Yeah.
0: And, and, you know, again, this one comes at you from several different directions. The kumquat is a really interesting addition to it because it has the kind of citrus character that, you know, you're familiar with from, you know, Italian coffee traditions, yes. but it's kumquat. This ain't an orange. This is a kumquat. <laughs> it, has, it has the tang to it, some acidity to it, yes. but also, you know, like you said, there's the kind of saline, the, the salty aspect mm-hmm. so that you just kind of want to take another sip after you've just taken it.
1: Yeah, but it's still very little.
0: <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. And then the last one here, oh, and, last and I should say, I mean, this is an audio uh, podcast <laughs> where people can't see this, but this is this is fancy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, this one is a cafe L'Azur. mm-hmm. um Lazure is pandan, and um, I thought it would be fun to make a condensed milk pandan. And um, usually, when you see pandans in um, these little like concentrated oils and like drips and I always find that to be very intense so Mm -hmm. I wanted to make it more natural so I actually dehydrate pandan and then I um, just pulverize it Mm -hmm. and then mix it with condensed milk to make this coffee and then on top is um, the egg whites of of the cafe jung. basically Mm -hmm. it's egg whites with condensed milk whipped up to be light and foamy uh, sprinkled with soybean sea salt and coconut chips
0: that is a fun drink. There's a lot going on there. I mean, it's it has a lot of the flavors that would be familiar to anybody, you know, just d- doing yeah. their iced latte or something. Yeah. But then, yeah, the pandan comes in, especially like in, in the finish. That's when all of the complexity of the flavors start kicking in. It starts getting a lot more fun. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you like that That was a really fun one.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And then how long have you been open in this location?
1: We open in Ju- January. It's been six months. Okay. Yeah, nice. That was fun. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and it's been fun since the beginning. Right. It's been crowded since the beginning. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Uh-huh. It's supposed to be like a pet hobby. <laughs> and it's kind of growing into this... Yeah. monster
0: <laughs> and especially now i mean you know as, as seattle and Washington state have fully opened up and you know but we're able to, to come inside and actually enjoy things like this again uh have, have you seen people coming in from the community people coming from outside the community to come check you out oh God,
1: everywhere mm-hmm. it's so much fun like one thing I love about Fa Back was like, I always called it as, oh, we're the Costco of Pho, everyone comes to us. And I feel like Hello Am is kind of that way too now. Uh-huh. And then I love seeing the like sundry and plethora of variety of people that come in, from neighborhood to people just out of town. Like this morning, I was here early and this uh, family from like Minnesota came. They're like, oh, we saw you on the Traveler Condor. They told us to come here. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's, it's been really well received and like, I just did think about how great it's gonna go and how great it's gonna be for the nonprofit too, mm-hmm. the, the the partnership and like how we're gonna grow from here. So mm-hmm. It's gonna be fun.
0: Well, you started off by mentioning that when when we first started talking mm-hmm. about how we are in a space along with a nonprofit mm-hmm. and we are here right in the middle of, of Saigon in Seattle. So how does this fit in with the larger community and, and what's what's kind of the connection and the purpose here?
1: I think the purpose is just. I think it's identity, mm-hmm. right? It's um, the Vietnamese American identity here. Um, for me, it's like I have such strong feelings, i have a strong so tied to it that I don't want to see it like fade away. Like. I hate to say it, but like like Portland Chinatown. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hate to say it, but I want my community back. I want to have a place for them to come and and learn and experience and um, have my other, like, I'm a serial entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. and have my other entrepreneur friends come in and open something and try to, like, just revitalize it, you know? We're not gentrifying. Mm -hmm. But um, it's just like taking a part of something that uh, we grew up with and um, like fighting the uphill battle within. Mm-hmm. It. But it's been really
0: fun. Yumi, thank you so much for taking the time to go through all of this and for making me all these wonderful drinks and for uh, spending part of this afternoon with me. Yeah,
1: of course, for having me. It was so much fun.
0: Hello M on Instagram at hello.em underscore coffee. Follow the link in this episode's notes to get you there. And that's it for our first anniversary episode thanks for joining us this week or this year or however long you've been with us be sure to subscribe to radio imbibe on your favorite podcast app to keep up with future episodes and check us out on instagram facebook twitter and pinterest for all your day-to-day needs we've got recipes and articles and lots more for you online at imbibemagazine.com and if you're not already a subscriber to the print and or digital issues of imbibe let's change that just follow the link in this episode's notes and it will help you out i'm paul clark this is radio imbibe catch you next time